Have you ever asked yourself, how do I regain control over my health and nutrition? The journey of health and nutrition, it's a journey. And today I'm speaking with a clinical holistic nutritionist and personal trainer and a good friend of mine, Jonah Morales Thompson, about how to do that, how to regain and take control of your health. This conversation is super important as we look at what we need to do to really regain what is ours and really be attentive to what we put into our bodies. Before we move forward, please be sure to subscribe to Gift to Shift podcast on this listening platform that you're on right now and share this episode. Perhaps this is a starting point to bring into your own circles of influence among your family and friends to start the conversation. It really comes down to what we place our value in and how much we actually love ourselves. Are we, and do we feel worthy enough to put the best within our bodies? So Jonah shares with us what you can do to move forward step-by-step, the mental and emotional connections to health and what you need to do to take the first step in moving towards getting to be healthier lifestyle. So I'm excited to have you here today because we've gone back and forth with some great, interesting topics. But I am really curious about this whole sense of nutrition, especially now when there's this kind of concept of taking control of your health and being able to really understand what that means. Because I do remember that during the lockdown, like back in March, April, whenever the first lockdown happened, that I remember stocking up on things that I knew I would need, supplements and foods that I knew that would carry me throughout the lockdown that were really important. But it wasn't particularly about food. It was more about the nutritional value of it and how important it was for me to be able to know what to do to take care of myself. I think you and I had a conversation. I was like, okay. I have my liposomal vitamin C. I have my zinc. I have every because, you know, apparently these things all sold out on Amazon when I was looking for them um, back in March because people were finally, I felt, were taking control over their nutrition. So I'm curious to find out what inspired you the most. Why don't we just start with this one question? What inspired you the most to become a nutritionist? Oh. Well, we can go back many, many years. I think a lot of it was, it stemmed from wanting to take care of myself, of course, you know, 20 plus years ago, maybe 30, more like 30 years ago, you know, I started to explore vegetarianism. My father was a vegetarian. And so he started to plant these seeds about health and wellness. And that just blossomed from there. And became a vegetarian for a period of time, but then I was that unhealthy vegetarian where I just ate carbs. And back then, we didn't know a lot of the information that we know now. So that's really evolved uh, in the sense of how food has changed for us, the way that we absorb food, and then quality of the food, and how that quality or lack of quality has affected us. So it stemmed from there. And it's really a journey. It's never a place that you actually get to and you master it. It just doesn't happen that way. You know, it's just like yoga. It's a journey. You evolve as a person. There's lots of self-development in that. You start to look inward a lot. And it actually happens with nutrition as well, because you're constantly comparing your own wellness and then 
being able to relay that information to others, right? So it's a journey and it's always evolving. So it's still from there. And, you know, I got, you know, life is never a straight path. So you zig and you zag in life. There's no straight lines in nature. So you are constantly flowing and changing direction. And, you know, I got off path for a little while and thought money was more important. And then I realized that money is not the source of happiness. So then I went back to what really was important for me, and that was health and well-being. And so then, you know, here I am again in this next phase of my life, really trying to, I guess, that source of direction for people to really understand how important it is to own one's health. So through this journey, there's been this discovery of that it's not just about taking vitamins and exercising. This, especially during this time period that we're going through now, it's really been an eye-opening experience that we need to reclaim our health, understand what self-care is, have a better understanding how our body functions, and the things that we need to do to support our body's natural functioning. So some people would say that, listen, my parents, they ate whatever they wanted to eat and they were just fine. And my grandparents, they had this and they didn't have any filtered water and they didn't have any organic stuff. And they ate, you know, they had, you know, they lived on the farm and they did X, Y, and Z. So, you know, there's a generational concept, a mind construct that the food is the same, and that we are getting the same nutritions that, you know, nutritional value in the food that we're eating that our, you know, ancestors did. And so do you agree with that? Or you do you disagree with that? Well, a lot has changed from that time period in the sense that technology has changed, industries have changed, in particular, food manufacturing. And depending on where you live, if you're not living off your land, And if you're in a more industrial environment, then you're going to be exposed to other things. And those things are toxins, right? So it would be different if we were still living on that farmland that our grandparents grew up on, but we're not, you and I are not at least, you know, even maybe, but that's what has changed And our lifestyles have changed. And especially now where we are Zooming until there's no end, constantly seven days a week, even if it's just for a social interaction. So that has certainly shifted. If we're not conscious of that and we're not doing the things to support our health at another level, I would just say like another hole for us to go down into rather than really elevate ourselves in our health. Yeah. And also one of the things that really um, sticks out for me is this sense of this blind trust that we put into the food that we eat. You know, we go to the supermarket and we're just like, I mean, it was just recently, maybe 20 years ago. (laughs) It feels like just yesterday, but it was just recently that I was like, maybe I should read the back of this and see what's in it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like I grew up with that mentality. I just had this trust in my early 20s, I was just like, Oh, that looks good. Let me eat it. Or, you know, and and so I'm not talking about the things on the outside of the perimeter of the supermarket, like the produce, I'm talking more of the processed foods. And, you know, it's just in my adulthood that I have really understood the importance of really understanding what it is that I put into my body. 
And so why do you feel that that's important per se? Where does that level of education, maybe the question is, where does that level of education come from? And how do we now support the future generation to shift their mentality around the food that they purchase and why it's so important to put whole food into your body? Or is it? Well, that's one message that definitely has not changed over the years, eating whole foods, eating foods that grow straight from the earth, and that doesn't come in a box. So that's definitely one messaging that has not changed throughout all of this, you know. And do you believe that is because of what? Because it brings us back to nature. It brings us back to our ancestors. It brings us back to the origin of food and how food should, or our sourcing of food should come from. That should never be different. However, now it's a a matter where we have to choose the quality of whole foods. That's right. Up it up another level where, okay, we have to look for organic. We have to look for non-GMO. We have to look for grass fed. Now we have to be more educated around those specifics because even that an impact on us. Yeah. And not only does it have an impact from what I have, from the research that I have done, the soil that you are planting, the seed, even the seed, the GMO, like Walter and I, you know, went ahead and started a garden and I can't tell you how difficult it was to find non-GMO seeds. I was like, are you kidding me? And so it's the seed and then it's the ground in which the seed is placed and the nutritional value that you're actually getting from that. And so it feels like, well, damn, <laughs> I'm, trying to do, I'm trying to do my best here to really take care of myself and my family. And it's just like one roadblock after another. Mm-hmm. About 15 years ago, uh, when we lived on Long Island, and I started our first garden, and um, this was an islet, and it was pretty easy to find organic corn seeds. And I could find it easily, you know, at your local home depot or gardening store. Now it's almost, there's almost a challenge behind that, finding organic corn, you know, even in the supermarket. And that is one of the major food resources that, or commodities that is genetically modified, you know, so that, that opportunity to get organic corn Mm-hmm. is becoming more narrow, more narrower. So it's things like that, that yes, over time, things are shifting in, in, in a direction that's pretty disturbing because it can really go into a place that it's going to harm us. So yeah, so that's probably that experience that you had and that we're dealing with now, you know, trying to find good quality seeds that are organic and that's what you got to look for. It has to be organic. It has to be non-GMO because- all of those modifications in the food, uh, those seeds, and then you take in internally, it just doesn't evaporate. It becomes a part of you. Sure. And so when people are thinking about organic, I've heard this a lot. There's been this kind of this sense of like, oh, that's just a lot of BS. <laughs> right it's just a, a way to make money off of us. <laughs> It's just a way to make money. I mean, really, do you believe that's really organic now? You know, so I've had some kind of lively conversations with people around this. And so we, if there's an option to buy organic, we will buy organic, right? And I remember when I first started this and the prices were so much more higher than they are now. I believe that there's a 
there has, you know, there's a reasonable cost reduction that's happened. And, you know, there, it's not everything that we buy organic, but, you know, we really focus on making sure that the things that grow close to the earth or within the earth are at least organic. But I have some friends that are just like, that's the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard. So I know this will go down a rabbit hole of money, right? And some political stuff in regards to why they believe or why they think that in general, just as a consensus, why people believe that, that it's just a whole money monkey. What is your opinion on that? So one of the reasons why organic foods is expensive is because it's a very expensive process to get that labeling for a farmer. And they have to jump through a lot of holes. They have to be subjected to a lot of uh, regulations. And to have that labeling, that costs a lot for them, right? So, you know, one of the ways to get around that is to actually support your local farmers and go to uh, farmers markets. And if you talk to those people who are growing the food and, you know, a good conversation with them, they'll share with you how they produce their food. And you can ask them, you know, how do you grow your plants? How do you grow your broccoli? How do you, you know, how do you grow your potatoes? And, and just have them, you know, share that with you. Because nine times out of 10, they're not using a lot of these chemicals, but they can't afford that USDA organic food labeling. They can't pay for that. And um, so if you have those connections, then that in the long run will certainly pay off. You know, and, and not everyone has access to that, which is fine. If you can even grow some of your own food, get the seeds, the seeds are way cheaper than the food right. itself. But imagine getting starting with a plant in the window, whether it's herbs, whether it's a tomato plant, you know, you can find ways of getting around that and just try to reduce your toxicity as much as possible. Um, so there are little tricks around that. And some foods are more heavily sprayed compared to others. And right. learning about that too is another way. But, you know, you also have to look at it in this sense that it's an investment, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We are investing in our health. We, whatever we take in and put into our bodies, whether it's through our mouth or through our mind, via our thoughts or energetically, all of these things will have an effect. If it's not at that moment, it will in the long run. And it, it shows up in different ways that we may not correlate to being the food choices that we made, but there is a direct connection. So we have to understand that. So it's looking at how much do you value yourself, right? How much love do you have for yourself that you would give yourself the highest quality of food because you deserve it, your body deserves it, you need it, right, to function optimally and the long-term. I mean, we can talk more and more about that, how, how it does affect the body, but I feel I'm worth it. <laughs> I'm worth That's right. Food, real food, non-toxic food. I am so worth it. That's how much I value myself and my family's health. That's we right. Best in that. Listen, I'll wear a pair of cheap shoes to get through the week. <laughs> I don't so care. But food, forget yeah. it. That's the number one top priority for us because food affects everything. You know, that's such an important message 
that we take control of our bodies and over our health based on what we actually put into our bodies and how important it is, the value of it. And so I believe the value has been decreased over the years and that it wasn't that important because people were busier. And so the busier you got, the less time you had to make investments in time to prepare and create the right foods for your body and for your family. And so fast food or TV dinners came into play. And that just was a mass production of food just to save a single mom time to feed her family at the end of the day because she was working two jobs, you know, or whatever the case is. So I understand the reasoning why it came forth, but now times have changed and it has gone a bit overboard. And I have to be honest, I don't know how much I trust in the environment of regulations when it comes to food. And, you know, I want to say I read an article a few years ago that said that in order for something to say free range on it, that it was just as particular amount of hours that the chickens or the hens or needed to be outside of their pen. Not that they were free range all the time. They were outside for the regulation was an hour and a half or two hours, and then they can use that label. And so when you start getting into the political sense of conversation, I should say the political conversation around the regulations and the big name um, companies and who's actually writing the articles that are promoting that corn is fine, GMO stuff is fine. When you actually look at who's writing and who's paying these writers, then or these authors, then you can actually dig deeper. But once again, it comes down to time who has really a lot of time to look into this, you know, you go to the supermarket after work, you're exhausted, you pick up some food and you make dinner. And the fact that you even have that ability to do that is for some people, you know, a gift. And so there has to be some type of regulation in regards to yourself and understanding what you can and cannot do. And so what would you recommend to people if they're looking to start to gain some control over their nutrition? Where should they start? So, you know, it's important that we go back to reading. We have to read. You know, there's no way around that. And you know, sometimes resorting to an article online because now the newspapers are totally obsolete. It's fine, but you but like you said, the information that you receive from that online article is going to there might be some bias involved depending on who's writing it who's the owner of that publication, and so forth. So my suggestion is always go to the root source. Like, who are you getting information from? Okay, you want to know about nutrition? Okay, you want to go to nutritionists who have been in the game for a very long time, who have many years of experience and knowledge, and who are updating themselves, you know, on a regular basis with all the involving information that's happening with our food supply, right? But it really requires some education. And I think that that's one of the things that we've lost touch with is reading and reading books, right? Interesting that you say that, yeah. There's a lot of historical information in books, although you might get, you know, someone who's a new author this year, right? 
I'm pretty sure that a lot of their information is coming from other valuable sources, from other historical nutritionists or doctors or people who have studied nutrition, right? They're getting those bits of information and then bringing it together in a book. So, you know, that's one thing that we really have to go back to is getting off the screen, picking up a book, because a lot of the valuable information are in books and we're not getting that information. No, we're getting the information from your cousins. Right, right. (laughs) On social media, who said, look at this. And then you like read it and you're like, you know, you look at the title, you look at the author, you're just like, who is this person? Where did this information come from? I don't even know if you actually, I don't even know, you know, for a while, I didn't even ask those questions. I was just like, oh my gosh, look at this Mm -hmm. because of this kind of mentality that what's written is the truth. (laughs) And And that's no longer the case. We don't have encyclopedias anymore, you know? Right. And it's, it's a lot of filtered biased information. And, you know, you want to go to those nutritionists, those health advocates who have been in the game for a long time, because they're on the front lines fighting for food rights, you know, anything that's revolving around making sure that we are getting the best nutrition possible, right? So that's one thing that I highly recommend that people do. To read. To read, yeah, to read books. And I tell you that, and you're not going to get, you know, there's nothing that you can possibly really achieve from just reading an article that's one page long, right? When, especially around nutrition, when it goes there are so many different systems that are involved when it comes yeah. to nutrition. You know, now it's like there's a lot of emphasis and discovery and conversation around gut health. You know, people are recognizing that the immune system, the gut plays a strong part with the immune system, right? So now there's more conversation about that. But there have been books written about the gut health and gut functioning a long time ago, you know, 10, 20, 30, like long time, but we've kind of forgotten that information because it's been, media has blown up, you know, the internet has blown up and now we're resorting to our information from the internet and it's not necessarily as open-minded and unbiased as we thought. Right. Right. So reading, and then where can people tangibly, what is the next step? Should they start with eating whole foods should, you know, there's something that I did, which was just whole foods for 30 days. And that was pretty enlightening to know actually what a whole food was. (laughs) Like a bean is not a whole food, really? A bean is not a whole food? What can that be? I mean, I ate rice and beans all of my life, you know, so like, how do people start with that? (laughs) It's, you know, there's so many avenues to go down. You know, I think it's important for like just the basic bit of knowledge in terms of food choice is just to eat foods that came from the ground naturally. That's come from a tree grown naturally. That's come from a plant picked naturally from the ground. Like just to use that as a simple, basic frame of reference. Right. And then you want to, you know, you could start to open that and expand your mind to other things. Like a lot of people tend to explore the area of nutrition when they're experiencing certain health issues. Yeah. You know? A lot of people are having digestive issues. So, okay, so start to explore like what foods help to support gut functioning, right? Start to look into probiotics, you know. You know, it does require time and effort, but again, going back to, you know, you do really want to live five, 10 years suffering. Right. Or do you want to live five, 10 years 
you know, full of life, energy, your mind is in a, you know, you have the optimal function of your mind where you can think and recall and, you know, or do you want to be drained and suffering, you know, so it's, it's really about just investing the time and just shifting the way that you look at this, right? Because if you do not have your health, if you do not have your health, you have nothing, you have nothing. Because if you can't get out of bed, if you can't walk down the block, if yep. you can't eat and digest properly, yep. guess what? That's going to affect your hormones. It's going to affect your immune system. It's going right. to affect your brain. It's going to affect your heart. It's going to affect your digestive system. So it's going to have an effect on all of those things. Right. So that's why it's so important that we, we prioritize and shift ourselves and our health to the top of the list now. We can't be at the bottom anymore. We just can't. We just can't afford to. And I think that this time frame has really allowed people to do that, right? You take away the commuting, having to go to work, and now, you know, you can work from home, and there's more quality time at home with family. And, you know, there's more time to think, there's more time to look out of a window and appreciate the sunlight or be in the sun, like now there's more time for that. And I think that's why, you know, you having not being able to find all those vitamins that you were looking for because they sold out instantly is because people are starting to look inward now. They're starting to look at, okay, what's really important to me now? And hello, the light has been shine on our health and our mental wellness. Like that has been magnified. And that's where our priorities have been shifted. But, you know, we have to stay with that thought. We have to stay with that thought to get through the next few years. It's truly a gift. And I know there's been lots of devastation and it's been such an intense year. 2020 was such an intense year, but there were some gifts that came from that, you know, and what you mentioned about, you know, being with family and having this space and time and realizing really what's important to you. You know, a couple of funny things came across my feed and I thought, yeah, that's true. It really wasn't because I didn't have enough time that the house wasn't clean. The clean house is still <laughs> It really wasn't any of that. You know, it was a value system, you know, of where I put my value and what it is that I put my energy and time into. And food has been really, really important for us in my household and really understanding the importance of it and really having the time to really put our energy and attention into it in a way that fuels and, you know, creates more healthy cells within our bodies, particularly for our kids and for ourselves. And so, you know, one of the things that I, I love about your education, Jonah, is that I have been a client of yours and you have had such an intense intake process. Like I remember doing the intake process and being like, what is this? Like, where am I? <laughs> Is this like, am I at the doctor's office? Like literally, it was almost like a two-day process. Like, you know, because it is that um, combing through your entire lifestyle. It's just not, you know, the food um, particularly. I mean, it is, but it's also what habitual patterns you've created in your life to be able to bring you to this right here, right now place. And it's so key because when you really put your energy and attention into your health, and what it is that is that part of your life, everything really does come together. And when you don't, then you realize that, oh my gosh, I have nothing if I don't have my health. You know, it really is the number one most important thing. Yeah, that's so true. And the reason why that I do a thorough assessment, it's not only a physical assessment, but it's also 
an assessment to understand where you at in your mindset mentally. And, you know, I even asked my client, you know, all right, what did you do today that made you happy? What did you do this week that made you happy? And sometimes my clients will not have an answer for that. Right. Because that's part of wellness. It starts in our mind. It really starts in our mind, right? Because even if you are eating whole foods diet, organic diet, you have some really toxic thoughts in your mind. Yeah. That can manifest in disease. Right. Right. So it really starts in the mind. And our mind will also play a role in our food choices. You know, I've seen time and time again that when people don't feel well, they don't feel good about themselves, something happened to them that they don't know how to address, you know, they feel underappreciated, you know, they turn to food as a source of comfort. And when that self-love is missing, right, guess what food becomes? It becomes their best friend. I have a client that she was in a home of alcoholism. And, you know, at a very young age, she told me the story of how that she had fallen asleep with food in her mouth, like it was a sandwich. And she had fallen asleep. And they like family had taken a picture of her, like asleep as a two year old child with a sandwich. And, you know, the horror for her in that was that, for one, she could have choked, right. But given the alcoholism, there was this lack of love and nurturing for her because, you know, it's a disease. But what became a symbolism of love for her was that food. Right. So anytime that she felt like she needed love, a hug, comforting, all the way through her childhood, mm-hmm. teens, adult, yeah. food became that source of love for her. And then of course, when food becomes love for you, and it fills a hole, then guess what? You're going to eat to your heart's content because we all need to feel loved, right? That's our our number one most fundamental search in life. Yes. Yes. Food is, you know, and and that the reality is that food can never be a source of love. It's a source of nourishment. It's a source of energy. There are building blocks, you know, energy storage, but it can never be a source of love. And so that, that's why I go through such a thorough assessment with someone, because I need to know that I need to know, like, what is your relationship to food? Because that also can drive your health and wellness. And when I help my clients start to reclaim their health, start to have more self-love, right? They start to prioritize themselves. They bring themselves to the top of the list, no more at the bottom, then everything shifts for them. You know, it just, everything just starts to fall in place because then you make better food choices because you love yourself so much. And you know that you, you deserve that in that way, only for nourishment, but not for filling that hole of emptiness. Yeah. Self-love, self-worth and a deserved level that is in alignment with your highest and greatest good. Yes. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Well, that's a wrap. That was a good wrap. I love that. That was great. How do you feel? Awesome. (laughs) I thought it was fantastic. Thank you so much, Jonah. I'm so grateful. (laughs) 
Thank you so much to Jonah Morales Thompson. What I loved most about this conversation is the reminder that if we don't have our health, we have nothing. They're really harsh words, but it's so true. We will not live forever. But the time that we do have now, we really need to take care of our bodies. I will have Jonah's information in the show notes. You can check her out a bit more. And you can actually see our conversation on our YouTube channel. So be sure to subscribe. And um, Jonah will be back talking about gut health, particularly for women. So I'm excited about another conversation with her. So as always, thank you so much for joining me today. And we'll talk next week.